Coming in on three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of Bruce Booze and Reviews. Yeah! I like this shot full of shit. That's about it. <laughs> was that was that recorded? <laughs> it's not an episode if you didn't make something up. And the average for the beer that everybody loves is really high. I like getting shit on. Welcome to another episode of Brews, Booze, and Reviews, a childish podcast about adult beverages. I'm your host, Knox, and with me is the larger twin of Hugo Strange, Hugo Strange. <laughs> Big Earn, how you doing, Big Earn? <laughs> uh, doing a lot better now than I was earlier today, because uh, thanks to the um, people in the Bismarck Manan area, I got kind of had some fun last night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this, this morning, not so much. <laughs> we went to a few a few bars in town, yes. Yeah, Speaking of going to a few bars in town, we got uh, with us Chris as well. Hi, Chris. What the fuck's that supposed to mean, goes <laughs> to a few bars? <laughs> I was going to go back to the hotel and shut her down. We're like, fuck you, Knox, you're going somewhere. Yeah, well, you know, somebody's got to pull your pants up by the bootstraps or something like that. Yeah, something I don't know. Like that. 6.30. I don't know how close <laughs> we it was. It was like 6 or 7. And Knox like, yeah, I'm going back to the... Hotel nap. Get the fuck out of here. We're getting shit canned. <laughs> and we did. Yes. Yeah, so we had Mission a, accomplished. So we went to stop by Laughing Sun and we checked out some of the band there. It was dudes in a canoe. Uh, fucking pretty, pretty cool. Like uh, horns and uh, trombones uh, and shit. Horns, man. Yeah. Holy shit. I did not see a single canoe. Correct. Yeah. No, I think that's just. I saw some dudes, on their, though. If you look on their show poster, though, there's yeah. they were standing in a canoe. And a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. A, lot of, like, a young. It was like, yeah. it was like yeah. forty-eight people on that band, so that <laughs> exactly. I mean, fit them all on stage. Was an incredible process. <laughs> that That's be, why they had, they had bunk beds. And they, <laughs> uh, yep. It's gonna be like a great white concert, and everything was just gonna collapse. Yeah, right? right. Oh, oh, too soon. Oh, I don't think not so. soon enough. Great all white right. fans should have died earlier. Oh, oh. No, well, no, not right. Jack, not okay. Jack no. Russell's great. I white feel bad about that one. Yeah, you should feel bad. That's <laughs> terrible. Uh, I don't laugh at other people's misfortunes. No. And then we stopped by the elbow room, a uh, pretty cool space, and then we end up at Lonesome Dove, even though it's a country bar. And uh, yeah, what the fuck? I'm a I'm a huge metal fan. And uh, we had on our shit kickers last night. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, that was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, we saw the great outdoors. <laughs> had a great time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So thank you, Bismarck, for uh, night one of a good time. Yeah. And, uh, man, man, man. We're going to be here for night two, and we're here with Jordan at Bismarck Brewing. So yes, Saturday. we are. So we are here Saturday, uh, July tenth, over here with Jordan from Bismarck Brewing. How you doing, Jordan? Great. Thanks for coming. Hey, thanks for having us. Are we excited to get here? We come here like, well, where's the main entrance? Because there's like a restaurant. You've got a cheers and a brewery. Th- you've got a cheers thing going on here, right? Oh yeah. Except for instead of the bar is downstairs, and then you go upstairs to Melville's. Yeah, we're Melville's. You're Melville's here in this Absolutely. situation. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, like, oh shit, we got to go. You have a better relationship uh, with the <laughs> downstairs. Yeah, I look nothing like that old guy. <laughs> <laughs> Not from this distance, anyway. True, and it could be the beard. Yeah, that's why I grow it. <laughs> nice <laughs> underneath, underneath. I'm a crotchety old man. Crotchety, <laughs> <laughs> Ricky. <laughs> so Jordan, since we're here, and we would like our listeners to know more about you, why don't you tell us about? Uh, yourself, when you started to, if you did homebrew, when you started to homebrew, why you started to homebrew, and after homebrewing, did you decide to become uh, a brewer? 
And when did you make it happen? I want to hear the whole fucking shit shebang about the beginning. Sure. Or so, the shebang, though, please. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I, uh, so, yeah, my name's Jordan. I own Bismarck Brewing. I brew everything, um, do most everything. <laughs> so I started homebrewing, or actually, I guess, I moved here from Montana about seven years ago now. And when I moved here, I started homebrewing with my stepfather, actually. Just as a hobby on the weekends, I was actually installing fire sprinkler systems when I moved here. <laughs> nice. Actually. Hey, we all have day jobs too, man. Hey, I was, I, I was kind of thinking, you know, pension, home on yards, this might be the way to go for the rest of my life. And we started talking, my parents and I started talking about, you know, they own a restaurant already, but it's franchise and they wanted to branch out and do something that was all their own. The initial idea was to open up a brewery restaurant together. All of us is one big business. And state law didn't quite allow that to work out the way it did or the way we wanted. But then, yeah, we started working on that. Well, you just started homebrewing. And was your your, your stepdad is it or whatever? Yeah. So it was, it was so he was already homebrewing before. Yeah. So you didn't friends. start out with a Mr. Beer kid. No. Nope. Mr. Brew kid. You were I, full I was on lucky. Like, yeah. We started all grain from nice. the beginning. We had a... More beer, uh, <laughs> custom three vessel system, and yeah, it was just initially I, I really wasn't that interested in it to begin with. It was just something to do on the weekends and mm-hmm. get a break from the kids and drink some beer. We make some beer was the idea, but then oh, it's going to be cheaper if you make your own. Oh, <laughs> wow, God, yeah, they can well. fly on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> just just on weekends though. At one point, that was it. Yeah, how's that going now? Oh God. <laughs> I don't have weekends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's a seven day a week deal now. But yeah, it, yeah, it it just kind of you know light bulb went off in my head. It was like ah, I could do this the rest of my life. It was something fun because I bounced around between ten different professions <laughs> after I graduated high school. So trying to figure out what I'm gonna do with my life and settle on the fire sprinkler thing. It's you know good option. Then it's like. Ah, uh, brewing beer might be a little more fun. So. A little more, <laughs> especially if you do it on your own. You can just uh, you know handle it, the business side and the, the brewing side yourself. Yep. Fuck, you can come to work and have a beer and not won't get yelled at, right? Because you're doing sampling. Exactly. It'd be Quality really cool. Control. It'd be really cool if you still had the, the sprinkler system. Uh, installa- installation. <laughs> installation. <laughs> I've uh, been drinking. Yeah. Holy buckets, dude. We got a long day ahead of us. <laughs> yeah. Damn, it's going to be. Cursive is coming early today. Yeah, it's only um, two forty five. Now that you brew beer, you can put like beer in with the sprinkling system. You talk professional good. You talk good professionally. <laughs> it's like you're a radio Easy for you to say. Professionally good nope. talker. <laughs> we like to make fun of each other. We roast each other. Might as well put that on your business cards. I talk professional good. I talk. <laughs> I are good. I are good. Okay, so, uh, so. When you started home brewing at what year? What year was that? Uh, I want to say 2014. 2014. Pretty sure. And I know you opened this place in 2017. So yeah. it was three years between starting that. So how would that how that process? Well, work actually, out? we didn't we didn't technically open until we were supposed to open 2017. We didn't open until January 2018. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah. Um, and yeah, we just basically we were home brewing five days a week for about a year. I thought you said it was a open. weekend thing. It was. Okay. Until we decided to start a brewery. That's okay. when we started to get a little more serious about it. And a lot of times we were just doing uh, clone kits from more beer and okay. Northern Brewer and stuff, you know, and uh, just kind of making up. Like we'd brew other people's recipes. And then we decided to start this. That's when 
I started making I started making my own recipes from scratch and all that, and we started to basically just hone those down. And you know, we got to the point where we had so much one beer sitting there that we just had to start giving away like crazy. Just and, <laughs> but it was you got to make room for more beer. Yeah, and it was a good way to get feedback too. So like, here's a free growler. Just tell us what you think of it. <laughs> Because we have so much sitting there. Just please take it off my hands. <laughs> right now. I wish I'd have been here for that. That's an expensive hobby. Because oh. you're paying for all the grain and all the shit yourself. Oh, God, yeah. And that's when everybody thinks it's cheaper, it's not even close. Yep. Same with like here. People say, oh, you drink free beer all day. I'm like, this is the most expensive beer I ever bought in my life. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I had to take out a mortgage for this beer. Yeah, yeah. a couple million dollar beer sitting here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got almost a million of stainless just beer. sitting there. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> Right? Not really cheap. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, so three years. So what was the first beer that you wanted to brew when you opened the doors? What was the first beer that you brew on the system here when it first... It was actually our... It was a Pilsner that was before the German Pilsner we have now. So called it Lo-Fire Pilsner. Okay. Because actually the system... You know, we had our system custom built for us and all that. And the guy that from the company came out to commission it with us... They they didn't install our boiler correctly, so it didn't have low and high fire on it. So it was just low fire, like really low pressure. So it took four hours to get to a boil on our first batch. So he's Jesus. like, this is a great name for a beer, Low Fire Pills. And so we had <laughs> Low Fire Pills was the first beer we brewed because we wanted to get the lager in the tank to get ready to go. And then we had basically four fermenters in a bright tank and... We wanted to get them all full right away, and we did. We opened with only three beers because the lager was still lagering, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were just burning money at that point. So it was, we were three months behind on opening. So we had to just open, basically. And wow. We had three beers when we opened. We had six beers two weeks later. We hit 20 six months later. We had all of our lines wow. full. Jeez. Nice. But we didn't do any distributing other than self distribution around town at that point. So. Was that selling beer out of your trunk? More or less. Yeah. <laughs> I bought an old beater truck. Here we go. <laughs> There's so, a couple tap handles coming out of yeah, your trunk. Here. Right. Pretty much. How long was it before you, you were able to get a, a canning line or, or get a canning system proper? Oh, uh, we used to have the crowler seamer right now still. And that's, we bought that, we had that when we opened. And we've done a lot of good crowler business around Bismarck and Mandan. The, the whole. Crowlers at retail is a very new concept. Mm-hmm. That just kind of started recently with Junkyard and a couple others selling at Willikers mostly here. But so we've tried talking into it for a couple of years and they were kind of hesitant. <laughs> but it's weird. Yeah, it, it's odd, but the way it goes. Yeah, distribution laws are so fucking weird in this country. You gotta have, you gotta sign lifelong contracts, and you don't yep. even, you can't even shop around. You, like you got two or three companies that you can go through in your area, and that's it. And you, you can't make any fucking. Uh, you know, negotiations with them at all. It's just like, you, you yep. get us or you get the other two people. Pick one. It's a fucking monopoly. We signed with, our first distributor was actually a independent distributor here in town that's since closed. And we were with them for about a year. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was kind of funny. They could drop us like a bad habit. But if we wanted out, we'd have to pay a lot of money to get out of it. So yeah, that's it's an odd concept. I wonder whoever came up with that. Oh, rich dudes. Probably, right? Yep. Yeah. They just they distribute. <laughs> distributors. You're right. So uh, you so you have distribution issues right now where you're, you you got to make a bunch of beer because you're selling a lot of them, but, you, but you're only distributing here in North Dakota. So that means 
you're selling a lot of beer, North Dakota beer in North Dakota. That's a good thing. Because you are all about uh, here at Bismarck Brewing from grain to glass, everything North, uh, basically North Dakota made, as much, right? As much as possible. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and we're going to talk about more of that with some of these beers coming up. But Yeah, we try to source local as much as we can. All right. I uh, think that's important. I think that's a good thing. So oh, definitely. good job on that. I mean, why not? Why not keep it here? Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's, you know, keeps money local and value-added product at the end of the day. Yeah, now more local people have money so they can come buy your beer. Yeah, exactly. the, community, the community kind of invests in you. Yeah. In that way, because you're investing in them. Oh, definitely. So that, that's a good. It's a good marriage, I think, and I always love that synergy. Dude, yeah, the, the community in in beer and stuff is just awesome. You know, everybody's helpful and takes care of each other. And that's a really good thing to see. Not everywhere, but here in Dakota, definitely, it's, yes. that's a thing. Yes, Especially in Fargo, man, everybody helps everybody in Fargo. Yeah. So. yeah, and that's the same way it is here, and really across the state. I mean, we, you know, I know most everybody owns a brewery, and and all of us kind of know each other. We hang out at guild events and. I'm on the board for our guild and all that. And nice. We try to meet up as much as we can. We haven't really since COVID, but <laughs> <laughs> totally yeah, understand. Working on that again. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Let's get to this first beer. And this first beer we're going to sample today of yours and talk about is the Red, White, and Brady's Wheat Ale. <clears throat> so tell us about this beer there, Jordan. So Red, White, and Brady's is. Initially, one of the first beers we actually opened with, one of the three, was uh, Belgian Wit. We called it Brady's Belgian Wit, and it was actually named after a guy I used to work with who looked like the human version of Eeyore when he got done working. <laughs> oh, no. And he'd sit down and like cry into three or four Belgian Wits after he got done working in the kitchen. <laughs> so we named we decided to name a beer after him. Um, if, we can, if we ever can it, we're going to actually... Get him to pose for a picture like the Seinfeld Chase Lounge, Tidy Whitey, oh, George yeah. thing. <laughs> nice. But we That's adorable. Oh yeah, and he'll look great. <laughs> yeah, he uh so we we decided to name the beer after him because it was his favorite beer and that was one of our good sellers for a long time and then it tailed off and the distributor wasn't picking up much of it and the tap room sales were slow, but we decided we needed to have a wheat ale on tap, so we just took the Belgian wit recipe, we swapped it over to American hops, and we actually use uh, North Dakota Fuggles on that one. And uh, North Dakota Hoogles? Fuggles. 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 Fuggles yeah. hops. Yep. Do they have their own cartoon on Saturday mornings? <laughs> and then we just switched it to a, an American ale yeast strain, and, you know, we started adding some clarifier to clear it up instead of, you know, traditional cloudy Belgian wit, and it took off again like fire so nice and now it's a great seller so, yeah we we knew we needed to fill that niche but we weren't sure how we were gonna <laughs> yeah the, one of my favorite beer styles right now is a wheat ale because i just love a good wheat flavor uh and the mouthfeel on, on a lot of them are just really a lot smoother less crisp as you'd say a le- less of a crispy boy and more of like a milky boy in my opinion uh not quite not maybe it's a fight milk thing who knows <laughs> like a milk steak Milk steak, yes. Yeah. Over Milk hard. toast. Over hard with some raw jelly beans. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, guys, what do you get on the nose on this one? First of all, the appearance, it's it's uh, very much peak colored, and it's clear <laughs> as fuck, which is good. I mean, it's well-crafted. Uh, carbonation is excellent. Good good amount of head. Some lacing on the glasses um, that I see. Awesome glasses, by the way. Thank you. Yep, we're taking some of these home with us. Um, I love these. The smell is very much distinct 
on this weed ale because it, it's a lot more present than some of the weed ales I've had. And that makes me like it even more. It's a lot of wheat. It's yeah. almost half, half the grain bowl is almost wheat. So just about 40%. Delicious wheat beer. Yes. Um, wheat beer. You know, it, it is nice and clean, and I will call it crisp because I think that they are. You know, the, it's a lighter, it's a drinkable, sessionable, crushable beer with with that, that car that carbonation brings out a lot of that flavor. I think. What's yeah, the ABV on this one? Five point five. Nope. Yeah, one of our I'd, lightest beers. Yeah, I dig this one. You get a good maltiness in there, and that flavor just kind of coats your tongue. It sticks sticks around for a while. Give me the wheat. Give me the wheat. I like it. It's all about the wheat. The wheat. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, on to the next beer. Now, this next beer is the Watermelon Shandy. Now, this was part of uh, talking with Stonehome yesterday. They have a, what do they call it, a brewer beatdown or something? What do they call it? Crosstown uh, cross Brewdown. Cross brew Crosstown yeah. Brewdown. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a good idea. The other, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, the, that's the other thing that they do. Generally, during the state fair, I think all the brewers yeah. get together and punch each other in the face. Yeah, it sounds like fun. Stupid. My kind of party. Every Stupid festival. Boy. <laughs> Every festival. Every festival. So yeah, this is part right of the, the table. Someone's going through one. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go with the wrestling references again. Love it. All right. So, yeah, the, the Crosstown Brewdown. Uh, Stoneholm did the... Lime shandy, and you countered with the watermelon lemon shandy, and this is made with the Hellas lager that you have, right? Yes. So you do straight up how shandies were uh, invented. It's like I've got beer. How do I ex- how do I make more beer? Oh, exactly. Without making beer, you put shit in it. Shandy's right? just the English Rattler. Yep. That's all it is. So just so you just added watermelon to that Hellas. Yep, watermelon lemonade that we make. Uh, now oh, you make we, that. Yep. So you actually squeezed. take watermelons and you <laughs> press them. I run it through a ninja. Yeah. Ninja. Okay. <laughs> what? And, okay. Uh, and then we just yeah squeeze <laughs> we filter the pulp out and then we just basically freeze it to order or freeze it in portions we need to make a gallon of it and. Then we have it, yeah, we, we keep it all the way through the fall till watermelon gets too expensive, typically. So this is kind of our way to re-release it for the year, because we hadn't done it yet. Gotcha. So you don't just smash smash them with a hammer? Like Gallagher? Like Gal- Gallagher? Gallagher? Yeah, it'd be too much, <laughs> too much cleanup. My yeah. favorite video machine from the <laughs> 80s. Yeah, video Gal- game. Galaga? You, you, Galagher? You buy some, uh, like, watermelon amaretti dump in there. Oh, but this is actual real, real watermelon juice. And the lemonade is yep. real lemons. Yep. So there we, we go. We actually get a Meyer lemon juice blend made for us, so that we use for all of our lemonades. Oh, right on. Well, I gotta tell you, your mix is great. I mean, uh, instantly on the nose, the first time I've actually smelled real watermelon smell. The trick to that is adding actually a touch of uh, add a touch of agave nectar into the watermelon juice itself. Uh, really, it brings it out. Yeah, it's. Because if you do it by itself, it's kind of just has this weird musty smell. It does it, get musty, and that's the musty one, nuts. And that's one of the things that you notice when you're drinking anything with watermelon. You get mm-hmm. even if you're not having rind in it, you mm-hmm. still get that little bit of a taste that the white pithy parts and shit. Unless mm-hmm. you get that but, processed Jolly Rancher watermelon yeah. stuff, and that shit could Which suck. Is, that's what you're trying to avoid. Yeah, because <laughs> we actually did get a sample of the Amaretti watermelon stuff and just to give it a shot, and it tastes yeah it. 
absolutely terrible. Yep. Nope. Not this one. Nope. See. <laughs> so, so I also like the, the Catter Days, which was the Kit Mittens with the watermelon lemonade. But I liked uh, this one a little bit more. I, I think I like it has a little bit more maltiness to it. Yep. A little more body. Yeah. Um, this one's made with the, what's the name of it? The Contact Rye? Con- yeah. Contact yeah. Rye. Yeah. Um, it's got really good that watermelon, and then I think towards the end, a little bit more of that lemonade flavor comes out at the at the end. Yep, and I mean, this is like an awesome summer drink in front of the pool. The yeah. con- the contact rye itself is is you know it, great it's beer. got that great grainy nose on it. You know, um, it was a little bit a little bit of bitterness to it, and I think when you add the watermelon and stuff to that, it, it really balances that bitterness out. So you get juicy notes, but you still get that underlying really good you know grainy beer it's yeah it's delicious yeah and I, it's not too sweet it's not like too sugary sweet no. like some of these other yeah it's not like beers. high fructose corn syrup oh, yeah. sweet yeah, it's good natural fruit sweet radler shandy it's it's supposed to be a sour lemonade instead of a yeah. a lot of ones are made with super sweet like minute made type lemonade and it's not quite the right way to do it or dumping crystal sugar packets into the boil that too that <laughs> yeah. too no, and there is that tart that you're supposed to get from a, a lemonade on the back end. Mm-hmm. It is sweet, and it's right away, but yeah, that finish is really pleasant as well. Really this is like, like I think it was Knox like, that said that you're starting with a really good base beer. Yeah, and that's important. And that's basically what this is. And the, uh, when you add the juice, it, it punches it down to 2.6, so you could like crush a fuck, like a whole growler of this. Yeah, watch Easily me. while I'm on the yard. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you say, hold my beer. No, I'm going to keep my beer on me because yeah. I'm drinking a whole ship out of it. I'm going to get one of those hats that has the beer holders on them and then the straw coming down. Yeah. Yeah, the, the hard hats. Yeah. Excellent. Any other notes on this one, guys? No. This is just, like, s- summer. Mmm. Um, mm. That was my last note. It's good, good <laughs> final note on that beer. Is that a C? All right. Uh, this next one is <laughs> uh, a bouncy C. So this next one is your Cranberry Blood Orange Chimera Sour. And this is made with your Chimera-based sour. Tell us about how you brew that. Yeah, so that's just a, it's a golden sour base that we just kettle sour. And we've, so far we've done, well, the Cranberry Blood Orange was the first one we ever did. We got asked so much to bring it back that we just made a year-round sour. And it's our mm-hmm. number one beer. So, uh, we, but we do the same base sour for all of our sours. We've done... Cucumber, English cucumber and lime. Mm. Done. That sounds great. I love key lime pie. Pecan pie sounds fucking good. Key lime pie. Oh, key lime lime. pie. Yeah. And we've done a pecan pie sour would be fucking weird. I think. And we actually we we dry hopped a batch of it once with just hundred percent mosaic, and that was crazy because it pulled out a ton of peach. Wow. And like you swear there's peaches in there without any peaches, and yeah, we decided to give it a shot because. I trust enough in our souring process that I knew there weren't any off flavors, and mm-hmm. we just want to showcase that part. So we did that, and but yeah, everybody's always asking about the cranberries, so we're just like, okay, let's make cranberry. <laughs> Next thing we do, we do that, do that mosaic dry hopping, whatever, and then add some peach to it, peach puree, and that's that's an that's idea the next we one? have. Well, the next one's gonna be cherry limeade, actually. Ooh, I got, that's a hit seller right now this summer. Oh yeah, cherry limeade. And I've stuff. got fifty pounds of cherries sitting in the freezer that I got from a guy that bought an orchard here in town. That he, wow. uh, yeah, he just was trying to get rid of them. I was like, I'll take them. Took all all cherries he had, and we're gonna chuck those in there. Call nice. It, see what happens. 
Call what it, kind of limes are you going to use? Call it Chuck Cherry. Oh, uh, we're actually using fresh lime zest. Wow. Sweet. That's going to be Four exciting, too. <laughs> so, okay, so when you say kettle sour, you use a, a Greek plain yogurt for the yep. for the culture, right? Non-fat, yep. Okay. And how long is it on a batch? Why is that? I mean, how long does it take to ferment? Uh, what's your grain bale like on this one? So, grain bale on this one's pretty big because it's 7.3%. So, it... It runs about twelve hundred pounds for a fifteen barrel batch. Seven percent sour. Yeah, and it's really heavy on adjuncts in the grain bill, so it's it's about two thirds, three quarters ish base malt, bunch of wheat, lot of oats, and then about a hundred pounds of rye, flaked rye as well. Because you like you were saying earlier that you like to use a lot of rye in your stuff because oh, you yeah. like that rye flavor. I love rye whiskey, and yeah, I love the flavor of rye in anything. So we probably put it in anything we can. It's a wise choice, I think. You know, more breweries need to add some rye to their stuff. I think it add that little extra spice, that little kick. It does, and it adds, it adds head retention. It adds a little bit of body, too. Mm-hmm. And it adds a nice red color if you had enough of the rye malt. So. Check out Far North Spirits to uh, uh, sample a bunch of different rye whiskeys. They had, what, 13, 11, oh, something like that? It was a whole bunch of rye. Yeah. They, they got yep. a grant to do a, a study on how rye, uh, different strains of rye impact flavor. So they've got, yeah, you That'd name it, they, they, they've worked with it. So um, so that was really interesting to see. So, yeah, check that episode out. Ernie, do you know what episode it was? Oh, that was episode uh, 133. Just off the top of your head, that's yeah. so fucking yeah. crazy. God damn, you're Why so you good at your job. Of, are you making fun of my head? No, it's a great <laughs> shape. <laughs> it's round. <laughs> no hair whatsoever. All right. But this one, the, the, immediately that cranberry jumps at you. It, it, it's just very punchy and tart, that cranberry. And then that orange kind of comes in later and kind of mellows it out. Yeah. It's, it's really good. It, we originally created it around, first year we opened, it came out around Thanksgiving time. That's why we did it. It was supposed to be a sort of a cranberry sauce type idea. There you go. And we actually, the, the original chef they had for the restaurant side, he, that was, it was actually kind of his idea and because he's like well then you can get some port wine barrels put it in there because he's like when i make cranberry sauce thanksgiving i was at a touch of port that might be kind of interesting but we couldn't get our hands on port wine barrels to save our lives that year so we even tried to talk to a guy in minnesota who he'll infuse spirits into oak spirals for you and whatever size batch you need he'll ship them to you he tried six times to get the port to infuse into the wood and he couldn't so really? <laughs> Yeah, we were just like, well... Well, not for lack of trying. Yeah, and we had half a batch sitting there waiting for that, and it just got to the point where I'm like, we have to keg this, it's in the way. <laughs> just have to <laughs> right. call it good. Man, it'd be great to have some of this if you get like a like four wine barrels and just let, yeah. just let a batch sit in there for a good nine months. We're going to try to get, yeah, we're going to try to do some nice like Merlot or... Dude, and you could crank, barrels. you could crank up the malt bill a little bit and make mm-hmm. it about about eight point five percent. Really fucking, really get, oh, yeah. nail that because I love the ABVs. He does. Barrel age anything has got to have some good ABVs on it to really uh, bring out the notes of the barrel. I think in my opinion. Yeah, and we 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 tend to do a lot higher ABV stuff anyway. We don't really do a whole lot of session stuff. We have a couple just to appease some people, <laughs> right? There's a certain market so, where people are like, hey. We're going to go to this brewery. What? A brewery? Why? Just come with it anyway. We're going to have fun. Okay. You have anything like a Bud Light? <laughs> yeah, Bud Light. You got to appease those people. Oh, yeah. Get oh, the we, fuck be- out. Because eventually that one out of seven people that are craft beer drinkers will turn 
six out of the seven into craft beer drinkers. Oh, yeah. So that's well, what happens. We get a ton of that here in biz markets. That's the number one question. I drink Bud, Bud Light, Bush Light, Coors Light, yep. whatever the case may be. And, like, somebody have to post that and usually turn them on to contact right? That usually gets most of them. See, there's this kind of, like, almost like a, a graph where you see people starting out. You're only drinking this much or this certain beer and this certain whiskey. Then you start getting into them. Then you swell, and you're like, you're trying everything. And at the very end, after 10 years of trying beers, you back down to... It's a bell curve. Yeah. Bell curve, is that what that is? Okay. So it's a bell curve. Yeah. So you get snobby when you're trying all the stuff, but eventually you like, good beer is good beer, no matter what. And sometimes yep. you get sick and tired of yeah. fruity pebble, marshmallow, vanilla, oh, lactose. <laughs> uh, Give me my hands. Seltzer. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I drink Banquet. Yeah. I'm not ashamed. Yeah. <laughs> so this um, cranberry blood orange uh, Camara. Yes. Uh, first off, kudos to you for getting the band to um, brew beer with you. <laughs> yeah, right. That band is fucking awesome. But you yeah. spelled it wrong. You spelled it with a K. And their their band name is spelled Trademark with a C. Issues. I was like, blood, oh, or- gotcha. blood orange isn't spelled with a K. Mark Hunter wouldn't <laughs> sign off on that one. Fuck. Didn't even call. I would have asked Andals. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get, I think you said you get more fruit at the end. I get a lot of. No, I get cranberry immediate. Right. Okay. So I get that. That's what I get too. I get that. Uh, it's the orange the, that comes in at the end. Yep. yep. I get, and uh, kind of, you get that cranberry and then tartness and then kind of goes into the sour. And then at the end, it kind of mellows out into uh, that orange. The blood like orange. You could have just said, said a, you could have just said ditto. Oh. <laughs> the ditto. blood, for me, the blood orange settles into an orange Tootsie Pop flavor. It starts yeah. off cranberry punch, and then it just settles into that orange Tootsie Pop. On that, before you, you know, when you get it, before you get down to the Tootsie Roll, that that actual candy sucker part. Yep, that kind of settles nicely into that without it being too sweet. That's what I think about this one. So I can understand why people would want this around year round. So, oh yeah, wise decision on that. And at uh, seven point three percent ABV, Oof. that could sneak up on you. I think yeah. after a bit. Yeah, because I just hammered back the last of that. And then you said 7.3. I went, oh, I'm not driving. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Excellent. Well, hey, guys, why don't we take a break and uh, hear a word from our sponsors. And we'll be right back with more of Jordan and Bismarck Brewing. Yay. Super duper. Brews, Booze, and Reviews would like to thank our sponsors at Bridgeview Liquors. Head on out to Bridgeview Liquors. They just started doing their events again, their their cocktail classes, their whiskey education stuff every Saturday. I'm excited to hit up some of those events, maybe learn something about what I'm talking about. They also have one of the best beer selections in town. Check out their Facebook page every Friday for the new inventory. Also, they have an ever-expanding whiskey selection, which I'm very excited about. I've seen some new things coming through there uh, that I haven't seen previously. So kudos, Bridgeview Liquors. Also, this just in, if you mention Brews, Booze, and Reviews, you get 10% off your purchase. Not just something that we've highlighted, not just on one of your items. It's your entire purchase, 10% off. Just mention the podcast at the time of checkout. So anyway, thanks again, Bridgeview Liquors. Check them out, bridgeviewliquors.com, or head to their Facebook page at Bridgeview Liquors. Brews, Booze, and Reviews is sponsored in part by FargoUnderground.com. 
your one-stop online experience dedicated solely for those who work, live, and play in the beautiful and historic district of the Twin Cities of Fargo, North Dakota, and Moorhead, Minnesota. One of those ways that FargoUnderground.com is great is their food truck locator. Located when you hover over the food tab, you can click on that tab and it will bring you to a screen that has the full schedule of participating food truck vendors in the FM area. All time is subject to change. When you click on the full schedule tab, you can search by date and location on where you can find the food truck in that area. It also features food trucks that are on location the day you are currently checking by default. So stop by FargoUnderground.com and check out their food truck locator today for all your favorite fast food grub. Once again, that's FargoUnderground.com. Welcome back to the break. I hear a phone ringing. Phone ringing again? <laughs> if it's for me, tell him I just left. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure when I'll be back. <laughs> All right. Starting off strong. All right. Got you. <laughs> All right. And we're here with Jordan again uh, with Still, Bismarck Brewing. Still. And uh, yeah, uh, Jordan, why don't you give us a, a, a couple things. First of all, you're here in this wonderful building and there's another business here. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, we have a restaurant, you know, that we share a building with, Aleworks. So we're the upstairs loft space. They're the downstairs bar space. Uh, we opened state law the way it was. We couldn't self-distribute whatsoever as a brewery because they also own a restaurant as a retail liquor license. So they couldn't be on a manufacturing license as a tap room, which is the license we wanted. Mm-hmm. We'd have to go with a brew pub license, which... Doesn't allow any self distribution, and right when we open, it's kind of hard to get a distributor to pick you up. And I really think we would have gotten kind of screwed long term if we wouldn't have kind of known what we were doing distribution wise. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, we you know we'd already borrowed borrowed money, dug a hole, like all that stuff. <laughs> you know, it was, we didn't really know that was an issue until go to apply for licenses, and they're like, oh yeah, you can't do that. So oh shit, ah, we had a talk to lawyers, figure out how exactly we could make this work, and everybody said, well, you're going to have to split the businesses entirely. So, yeah, we're a separate business from them, but, you know, you mm-hmm. can still you can get all their food up here. It's just on a separate tab. Yep. And the liquor license is being separate. They, You know, a, a customer can come up with a drink from downstairs. They can bring our beer downstairs. It's just staff can't deliver them back and forth. Gotcha. And yeah, we're working on combining, combining the two back again. Now that um, some of the board of directors for the Brewers Guild in this last session here, we actually changed the brew pub license enough to where it wouldn't really impact us. Plus, we don't self distribute at all anymore, so it's not an issue when we have a distributor. So we can switch the brew pub license without a problem. Ah, so red actually, tape. Yeah, Cock we can get bureaucracy. Bureaucracy. <laughs> Yeah, it just seems like a pain in the ass. But they could just be like, "Oh, okay, oh, it yeah, is. go ahead and do that." So, they, who owns Aleworks? Uh, my parents do. Your parents, yeah. mom and dad, good old mom and dad. So, uh, describe Aleworks. Uh, what are they? What do they cook? What kind of food do they have down there? So it's basically an American beer hall is what they're going for. They they have six of our beers on top. So we keep a few up here, you know, just to keep it a little different. And then they have twenty four other breweries on and most of them local for the most part what we can get um okay. yeah distribution since covid's kind of impacted that quite a bit to where yeah it can be harder to get the local stuff um and yeah they they have you know wine they have a full liquor license uh we have one of the bigger patios in bismarck that's that looks great friendly. down there 
Yeah, it's patio's rocking all summer long. Got the umbrellas up, so uh, nobody I believe it's pronounced umbrella. Ah, gotcha. Sorry. <laughs> Hello. Quit fucking it up, professional good talker. Right, so the umbr- umbrellas out there, the they got some set up, so uh, not everybody's getting sunburned, which is great. There's no line above the U. <laughs> Loud? Umbra. It's Y O. I believe it's uh, spelled Y O U M B R E L L A. Right. Professional speller. Uh, <laughs> speaking of shit that's uh, kind of funny, uh, Jordan, uh, we were discussing uh, funny stories that have happened to you since you opened this up back in January 2018. Uh, can you give us a couple of them? Well, um, there was the time my former assistant brewer happened to turn off our boiler in the middle of the boil while I was out. Uh, it's for liquid lunch, actually, and I was buying, had to go buy brown sugar. So went out and came back, and I go and look at the panel, and I'm boil kettle's in like 207 degrees, and I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm staring at the boiler, like, what the hell's wrong with this thing? And <laughs> couldn't figure it out, and I'm like, oh, the switch is turned off. Ha! And I'm like, someone turned this off? And my assistant Burr's like, oh, I couldn't hear the music. Ha! Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that wow. better have been a good fucking song. It, it, I'm hoping so, because yeah, I I just I walked out of the brewery and took a little walk for a while because right. was about ready to murder. I did it again. <laughs> <Brittany> <laughs> I, I was about I was about ready to murder him, and the same the same guy actually too. We took him to the holiday food and wine festival in Bismarck here, and he uh he kept asking me all week if he could wear a ladies tank top to this festival. I said absolutely not. So he put one on his shirt. We get to the festival. He just pulls his shirt off and starts running around the festival in a ladies' tank top, <laughs> like a medium, I think. <laughs> so I was really I've never stretched done out. Nothing like that. Yeah. No, you <laughs> have. <laughs> I don't know. Have you? I was tr- I was trying to sell shirts at a festival that I put on uh, um, years and years and years ago. I was like, you guys should buy these shirts that I made. And so I was wearing a men's large, and I was smaller back then. And uh, they're like, well, do you have any women's? I went, good question. Pulled that off, and I was wearing a ladies' tank top. <laughs> Beautiful. Model, modeled for everybody. Sold a bunch of them. Excellent. I'm adorable. Sold the shirt off your <laughs> back. Adorable. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into the, to the beers here. Uh, first up, we have the Daisy. And this is a double dry hop NEPA, New England IPA. Tell us about this one, Jordan. So this beer is probably the one that's changed the most since we opened, or really the only one that's changed dramatically, because the initial iteration of it was called NDIPA, where you're trying to do a play on NEPA, but nobody understood that. They thought it was a double IPA. And so like, this isn't better at all. (laughs) Yeah, so I was like, I'm getting tired of answering this, so... (laughs) <laughs> we we changed the name plus we upped it from six and a half to seven point one percent and we changed the the hopping regimen and we adjusted the water profile too and just so basically what, totally retooled it. Where was the water profile at and where did you move it to? Uh it so our sulfate chloride ratio, you know, which is the entire important thing for a NEPA mm-hmm. is you want to favor that multi side of that ratio. And we were kind of balanced on it initially, just to, because you could still technically keep it sort of hazy and keep it juicy, but it, it was a little, it had a little bit more of a bitter edge to it. But we were trying to kind of do something a little different too, something New England ish was the plan, but gotcha. 
then we started and it started to drop clear a lot and so we were trying to mess with it and we then we just decided to go like full nepo with it and yeah we adjusted it to the pretty heavy multi side of the ratio and changed the hops to initially it was simcoe mosaic and equinot originally but then yeah the, the other two started to get harder to find and Plus, Mosaic's my favorite hop anyway, so we just went all Word. Mosaic. I'm there with you on that one. Cheers yeah. to you, buddy. Thank you. And, <laughs> e- and even then, we changed the yeast strains. Now it's Kavik's, it's Kavik's strain now, which that's that was kind of the trick that finally... Get that ABV up there, right? Yep. It, it eats the oh, fuck out of all that sugar, the Kavik yeast. And it stays it stays hazy as can be, too. Like, Suspends everything real nice. Oh, yeah. First thing I got to mention, then, this color is... Uh, it is opaque. You can't see shit through it. It's juicy as fuck. Um, Dude, my initial notes were juicy. <laughs> so it's so opaque you can't see uh, anything through it like the dog shitting? Yep. Like the, the dog calendar. shitting calendar, yeah. <laughs> the dog shitting calendar is awesome. Downstairs. Yeah, it's one of our attractions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I want to hey, order one the place now. with a dog shitting calendar? There's actually Why, 10 as of a matter them on fact? Amazon. We looked. 10 of them? Yeah. Nice. 10 different ones. <laughs> Yeah, this one's got just that unbelievable, juicy, lovely, tropical nose on it. It's it's a place where you could just, uh, you know, bring your friends. Just, <laughs> we're going to hang out in here. For Only the ones you really like, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fucking bring them all. Yeah, we, we run I, out of this fairly regularly. So I, so I got to say, initially, head retention is good. Good carbonation. The nose is so much passion fruit from that mosaic right at first, so... Uh, I know it was that kind of like that. Uh, you, you hopped it initially, right at right in fermentation or fermentation in the beginning, right? Yep. And next you, morning, and after then you we dry hop twice after that. Actually, we so we dry hop at so we usually brew on typically Wednesdays, Thursdays. So if we do that on Thursday, we'll do our first dry hop edition Friday morning, second one Saturday morning. Okay. And then we let them sit for four days. We dump some trub. Four days later, dump some more and. Then try to get as much out as we can. <laughs> well, I got to tell you that that meatiness from that passion fruit really comes through uh, in this one, and I love it on the nose. I, I, you get that? Yeah. I I have a you get that dankness, but a lot of fruit on the nose. But the note I also have is uh, going into taste. Other than it's it's thick, it's got good body to it. Is it? I get more of like a floral note on the taste. Where yeah. I get fruit on the nose, I get more of a floral taste out of it and the floral uh, it, taste comes from the, the tongue the double dry hopping right yeah or the dry hopping yep there's still that little bits of fruit there but yes yep. it is floral you'll, you'll get the yeah. floral out of because you're dry hopping on the warm side you know mm-hmm. when you dry up on the cold side that you don't get as much of that but dry hopping warm you can get that and sometimes it can go grassy which is what we're really trying to hope yep. to avoid yeah that would suck because I, I i that's why i'm not a big wet hop beer fan for that reason i just don't like the grassy part gotcha yeah, this is a, a. There's just enough bitterness there. It's mm-hmm. not overly bittered. Um, yeah, this is. I wrote lovely. Must be like notes. an IPA it's, that has, you got those people like myself uh, you know, back in the day. And I say, like, oh, I don't like IPAs. Here, I try this watch one. This shit. Yeah, just try yeah. this. 
Maybe, suck, maybe you just say, didn't have a good one here. Try suck this on one. this, fuck yeah. boy. Fuck boy. <laughs> <laughs> fuck boy. <laughs> All right. We got the trifecta going on. Any other? 7.1% again. That's yeah. scary high ABV for uh, something that tastes like it's zero ABV. I mean, this <laughs> right? is, give me a straw. Well, this is one of those ones where, you know, if somebody, if you don't know anything about it and somebody hands it to you, like, oh, I'll crush these all day, and you start throwing them back, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden you're falling out of your chair. Until like, your cheeks start getting a little Who numb. hit me? <laughs> right? Which one of you sons of bitches did? <laughs> <laughs> like Rush I stand hour. up too fast, and I got a little daisy. <laughs> ah, good one. <laughs> where did the name come from? Uh, Dank plus hazy. Ah. Ah. Correct answer. That was awesome. Good idea. All right. Uh, let's move on to the next beer. The next beer is the uh, Liquid Lunch Scottish Ale. I typically have Liquid Lunches, so I picked this one. And breakfast Based on and name alone. Appetizers. <laughs> I'm very into liquids. <laughs> Got to stay hydrated. So tell us about this one, Jordan. So Liquid Lunch or Scotch Ale, it's actually the first recipe I ever created all from all of my own home brewing and this one's yep really it's actually an homage to my first craft beer I ever tried that I got me into craft beer was uh cold smoke from kettle house out of uh Missoula and they yeah they used to sell them four packs of cans you can only get it really long like i94 or i90 in Montana what's the brewery kettle house kettle, kettle house, house brewery called cold smoke yep now they have a they have a pretty big brewery in the canyon outside there, like a amphitheater, homeland yards. They they do pretty well, and they only distribute in Montana. They don't. We my old distributor tried to get them to come to North Dakota actually, and they just flat out said no. <gasps> so like the, they're like the new Glarus of Montana. Yeah, more gotcha. of us. Yeah. And they so yeah, my roommate in college, he brought home a four pack. He's like, give this a shot. I'm like. Okay, all right, maybe I can get into this craft beer thing. And I have had this beer before. Somebody. Uh, I had a friend that went to Montana and brought back some beers. He goes, I don't like this one. And he gave it to me. I'm like, this is delicious. Yeah. And it's yeah. so it was like, you know, we decided to open a brewery. And every brewery in Montana, for the most part, has a Scotch Ale, too. So and I opened a brewery. as like, you know, homage to the homeland. I'm going to make a Scotch Ale. And everyone seemed to think I was crazy to do that, to try to compete with a uh, Stone's Throw. I was like, this isn't going to be a Stone's Throw. It's not <laughs> like this isn't going to be a sipper by any means. So right. <laughs> you're like, you know, this is going to be a totally different idea. And uh, it's it was our number one selling beer for the first year we were open. And still in our top three, no matter what. We make nice. it year-round. And, yeah, it's just got, you know, nice molasses, brown sugar notes. It's a nice approachable beer. We Most of the time when somebody comes in, they want Irish Red. They want an Amber Bach type thing. Mm -hmm. that they'll ask for them. And they're like, ah, try Liquid Lunch. We can usually get... Probably ninety percent of those guys. Been, All right, I'll do that. So, and this was your pick, right? Yeah, Chris? yes. I because the, the thing I like about Scotch ales is you should get the best of both worlds. You should get some maltiness, and you mm -hmm. should get some of that bitterness and and things like that. And it's a and it's a really cool thing because of when they are married perfectly, when it when it sets up when there's that synergy that Bigger was talking about uh, that it just works. You know, there's something about that. And so, like, uh, immediately, uh, this one has just got great roastiness to it. But I just like the roastiness on it. But you were um, talking about how it's so, with the molasses, right? Yeah. You get that kind of, like, Maillard flavor from that? Yep. So, we, because we home brewed and we did that, we'd caramelize, you know, touch a wort in the bottom of the kettle. 
just until you get like syrupy, and then you do your rescue runoff and do a normal boil, and you'd get that nice yeah Maillard reaction and nice the what reaction Maillard. What's that? It's kind of like uh, caramelizing. Yep. So okay. and it, it, it roasts. It kind of burns. You yeah, do, you reduce you reduce it so much it turns into syrup, and then you kind of burn the syrup a little bit. Yep. Okay. And it. So it adds that nice, yeah, caramelized flavor to it. And some smokiness a little bit. Yeah, and adds some body, some smoke, yeah, some, some that, like, kind of char quality type thing. Not, not a creosote type of thing. No, but, like... But, like, a good yeah, roast. It's, it's the same reaction happens on the surface of steak when you sear it. Yes. Yeah. And, okay. yeah, it... And so we can't get that in our, our you know, big system. It's got steam jackets. It's a little too gentle of a heat. And we... First time we tried, we couldn't do it. So we actually... Took it from an hour boil to a two-hour boil on it, and we add brown sugar, which we did initially too, but then we added molasses in the boil as well, which the molasses sinks right through the kettle, hits the steam jacket on the bottom, and it burns to it, so it actually adds that. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. It's got to be a pain in the dick to... Hey, oh, it's, a, oh, it's a, a fucking ingenious workaround to a problem that you have that you solved by just using your brain a little bit, and that's kind of <laughs> fucking cool, man. Kudos to you on that one. Thank you. This is really good fucking beer. Yeah, man, you still get, on the flavor, you still get that, you know, that roastiness and those little hints of chocolate. Not a mm-hmm. lot, you know, um, but just enough, and there's that little bit of bitterness that lingers throughout. But, you know, but man, not a lot, this is, though. This is, right. Yeah. But it's that, it's that really good balance. That's why I like Scottish ales. Yeah, I'm kind of partial to them, too. It's kind of like why I like brown ales as well. Yeah. A lot of people yeah. are into brown ales, but I, I like them, man. Brown ales are kind of a touchy thing, too. Though. They are. That's what some I love. hate. Yeah, I mean, there's some it's like, this sucks. And the damn, That's this why we really don't good. really make it's, one. It's yeah. probably the biggest hit or miss beer. Yep. You know? yeah, it's a very they're niche beer. They're you either too earthy or yeah. they're they're really fucking good. There's no, no really in between. That's a tough beer, I think. Or just sm- some people just it's, suck dick yeah, out. That could be it. Oh, yeah. And it's a very niche beer. Like, guys my dad's age that got in the craft beer trend and the early late 90s ish a lot of those guys that's all they drink is brown ale so like my dad would drink. that's how they judge you if you're oh, a good brewer well, like, if you sam make a good smith, one you're a good brewer like right? sam smith's nut brown is fucking exceptional and then yeah, you got is? then you got joey clydesdale making some fucking thing that takes like it's licking buttholes and i don't fucking <laughs> like that you know it's, yeah, right it's so all over the place <laughs> this is our first stout of the weekend and i thought because i've been drinking I have a fridge. It's full of bottled, cellared stouts. Most of them pastry scents. I've been trying to drink them down, but God damn it, it's hard sometimes because it's too sweet. But I got to tell you, coming in in this one, this is the Pain Purdue. Pain Purdue. Purdue, The French Toast Imperial Stout at a 9.6% ABV. Uh, Tell us about this one, Jordan. So this one, uh, we actually had a Muck Club member who... She, she, she tried one in Florida when she was down there on vacation at some brewery. Quick question: What's yeah. your mug club? Oh, so we have a uh, our mug club is we have a hundred annual memberships. We have five life or ten lifetimes. One we have one left. Uh, five hundred bucks for a lifetime. Hundred bucks annually for the annual. And we do four mug club parties a year. So every three months, um, free food, free beer. Yeah. Dollar off your first beer when you come in for the day. You get twenty ounce pour for a pint price. They get a free beer on the birthday, and we do a 
white elephant gift exchange over here for the Christmas <laughs> one. That, That's right fucking on. cool. I did yeah, see. I did see that uh, the mug, the, the champion mug. Yeah, the titty mug. The titty mug. That's what we call it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's you, fantastic. I, that's cool. And when you win that mug club champion, you, you when you come in, the mug that you use has to be that titty mug. Yeah, it doesn't have to be, but it can be. Well, it has to be if you win. If if you oh, it's um, win it at the uh, the Christmas <laughs> mug club party. It, I don't know if you uh, saw the air quotes. Yeah. I win. <laughs> Yeah, it, uh, it's part of the white elephant drawing. We draw a number for that as well. We just write a number down, and whoever draws that number gets it for the year, and they have to drink out of it. And the guy that won it for this year, he joined the mug club the day before our Christmas party. <laughs> and That's awesome, though. He, uh, yeah, and he actually he owns a plant store right north of us. So I bet you everybody South else in the mug club is like, Phew, new guy oh, yeah. gets it. Fuck him. Oh, yeah. Everyone's just like, I will never drink out of that. Why wouldn't you drink out of that? I totally would. I feel like it's bigger than your other glasses. Oh, the first number that got drawn was mine. I was like, I would drink out of it, but it kind of defeats the purpose. So <laughs> I was like, I'm throwing it back in. <laughs> All right, back to this beer then. So this beer. So tell us about the, the stout base and how you got to get that French toast flavor. This was just an idea from a club member. Should you give a shot? Around Christmas time, we're like, you know, we need a, we need to do like a big, big beer for when it's cold out. So, in the initial bat, the first year we did it, it was eight point six percent, and we just added tons of vanilla beans, uh, a little bit of lactose, just kind of French toast idea of the milk and the batter and all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we added, we actually made like a cinnamon tincture essentially, added a bunch of that and. Uh, then we added tons and tons of uh, maple syrup from a farm out of Wisconsin. That nice. we do an extra special dark grade syrup. That aha, it's a it's a yeah it's so the flavor punches through. Oh yeah, it's so dark uh, you can't see through it. It's, yeah, it's black. And it uh, <laughs> we had ten gallons in the bright tank for that. That's what we do. So wow. And it so yeah we we bottled it first year we did it. But we First of all, like how a, big is your system? Are you at a ten barrel system? Fifteen. Fifteen barrel system. Okay. Yeah, we did. We did a, a twenty cases of bottles of uh, Pinot bottles of that first year. We had to put a big keep cold thing on there. It's like those things were a bottle bomb waiting to happen. <laughs> With all the, the sugar left in the, in the all the maple syrup. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> we've even tried in the past. Like this past time, we were trying to this past batch, we were trying to do uh, candy cap mushrooms to. You know, get the maple syrup flavor without residual sugar, mm-hmm. but they're impossible to find right now. So we just had to do maple syrup again. <laughs> it well, it tastes fucking great. Um, you know, the nose immediately to me was vanilla. Mm-hmm. I didn't get a lot of the other stuff, but right when you taste it, you get a little bit of the vanilla, but the cinnamon and that that maple. Wow, yeah, I mean, just yeah, it's yeah. punchy and good and uh, <laughs> like. I was uh, I, some some beers I don't like the maple flavor in them, um, but this is really good. And see, we what we do is we, we we basically set the maple the maple edition, and then the vanilla too. But you know, vanilla beans kind of vary from batch to batch too, year to year. So we'll add the we'll add that, then we'll add the vanilla, then we add the cinnamon at the cinnamon tincture at the end to balance it all out. Try it. Add a little more if need be, and all it takes is a cup and fifteen barrels for the cinnamon tincture. 
Yeah, doesn't cin- take much. <laughs> cinnamon can wreck everything. Yeah, was, if if done wrong. It was a gallon of Everclear with two uh, two pounds of cinnamon sticks. <laughs> Jesus, <Ow. laughs> the stuff's uh, about as dark red as you can get. So. That's, That's awesome. So I gotta say, yeah, I agree with you, Chris. Uh, the nose is you should a I'm shit impeccable. ton of vanilla, but I do get maple syrup in the nose. So on on the palate itself, instantly it's smooth in the tongue. Very milky. That's when that lactose kicks in to give it that milk ingredient. It smooths out the tongue really well. Then you get right away vanilla and maple are like fighting each other to see which is going to dominate your tongue. And they can't figure it out because you you have both of them at the same time. And then it melts into that cinnamon right at the very end. There's a little yep. bitterness at the end, too. Mm-hmm. Touch, yeah. Because yeah. it's 50 heavy used. Dries to kind of balance out the maple syrup and the residual malt. Sweetness from the nine point six percent. This is a unbelievably well balanced. Um, yeah, but it's not super sweet. It's like not real, like that high fructose corn right. syrup sweetness. No, this is like that's, real. That's what we tried to avoid. Maple syrup. We actually add. Uh, so we also add the enzyme, same enzyme used for a brute IPA, because um, wow. that's what it's actually designed for. Is really big beers to kind of unzip all the sugar molecules so the yeast yep. can actually get at it. And we use that to try to dry it out initially because we're adding all that sugar afterwards. So it's okay. like, otherwise it would be right. sickly sweet, which Sickening. we right. do not want. Yeah, so. and then, then not hey, adding a, not adding a shed ton of lactose helps. Have a half as well. a glass. Yes, one bag. Yeah. yeah, have just enough lactose <laughs> yep. to smooth out the tongue, and then that's it. Because anything I, more is just going to make everything seem I, sweeter. I, I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a huge lactose fan, except for where it's called for. Mm-hmm. You know, I have I a bunch of right lactose bombs. Yeah, I have a bunch of lactose bombs in my fridge right now. That is, it's yeah, like, oh, I, I, I do gotta too. get through that yeah. one too. Yeah, it's for me. Yeah, I sure in a milk stout supposed to be there, but everything else, I'm like, ah, I can do without it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, this is incredible. The more I have it, too. When I first had it, I went, yeah, this is a really good beer. And the more I sip on it, I'm like, I was wrong. It's better than that. Yeah, it's great. Fuck yeah. Any other any other notes? Just that I have written down. Uh, it's like breakfast with dark maple syrup. So when you said you used like dark maple syrup, that's why I went ha ha. That's why. Yeah, actually, every time we do it, I take home a little takeout <laughs> jar of it. <laughs> yeah, Kinda no, this is, this is oh, it's yeah, it's because I mean it, it's free maple syrup, huh? It's about fifty bucks a gallon <laughs> or sixty bucks a gallon. So yeah, it's a little expensive, but it's it's worth it. Yeah. You're gonna do a big beer. I mean, you got to go all out. I mean, it holds up really well, and it, it crushes in this beer. Absolutely, for sure. Yes, very well balanced. Well, I Jordan, don't think I don't think Mrs. Buttersworth would do as well. No, that's that would be just all well, I mean, corn syrup. That's why flavor, I said it's flavoring not and color. Just, yeah, maybe we'll do like a a white trash version sometime and just do Miss Butterworth. <laughs> Caro, Caro corn yeah, syrup. There we go. The dark, <laughs> the dark stuff. Yeah. Nice. Well, Jordan, we want to thank you for having us here today. If our listeners wanted to find out more about Bismarck Brewing, where can they go? You got, you got a Facebook, you got a, we got a Twitter, website. Instagram, anything? Yep, we got Facebook, Instagram, we have a Twitter, but we don't use it. <laughs> gotcha. And we have a website, yeah. Oh, what's Twitter's web, for what's, wordy people. What's the web address? It is BismarckBrew.com. So that's B-I-S-M-A-R-C-K for those who don't know how to spell Bismarck. And Brew is C-R-E-W. Yeah, and call. then a dot, like yeah. a period. 
I know a lot of people that spell Bismarck without a C. Without so. a C, yes. I do. Yep. We're going to make sure that they include the C in this Bismarck. So I actually lived in Bismarck for actually in the 90s. I came here after high school in 89. I uh, went to the University of Mary. I was a marauder. Uh, played my freshman year of football up there. Uh, and then I didn't. Marauders! <laughs> this is the mask marauder! <laughs> so, yeah. So, obviously, this wasn't... Most of this stuff wasn't here when I lived no. here because I moved back to Fargo in like '99. So, yeah, even when I, I moved here seven years ago, you know, Mackenzie River up there on top of the hill, that was as far north as Bismarck went. It's crazy, girl. Walmart was like middle of nowhere back then, and <laughs> <laughs> right? Now it's like, and that's why we decided to build up here. Was this is where, this is where it's growing? Bismarck's going, yeah. and it's all going north. That uh, we. We actually looked at 30 different buildings around town, existing buildings, and even, like, fair land plots, and we just lucked into this particular plot of land. And I was uh, going to say, this building wasn't here. You must no, have we built, built this. Yeah. Okay. We built like the this city. Yep. They, on rock and roll. Yes, yes. Very good. Yeah, we got, <laughs> yeah, we got three acres. Uh, got three acres and got a pretty good deal on it. So. Yeah. Well, it's a it is a lovely building, and it's a it's a, it is a good location. It is you know you're seeing so much other stuff getting built out here. I really I like the stained glass too. Yeah, we uh, uh, no, that's you just need to clean your lenses on your <laughs> sweetheart. <laughs> I figured it out. Uh, oh, all right, that was it's behind me. Maybe mediocre joke. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's an awesome atmosphere around here. Um, haven't really seen the um, ale works downstairs. Yeah. A whole lot yet because you know, we went upstairs to the brewery. So and, be- and before we record this next last call episode, we're gonna uh, have to talk ah, Jordan into listen. giving us a little tour of the brewery real yeah. quick and the distillery. And we can come back and for our Patreon user or uh, members who pay just three dollars extra a month to get two extra episodes. What? You're That's gonna insane. get it's you're silly. Gonna hit, I know that it's can silly be right. cheap. Look it, it up again. Be, uh, should be it? thirty. No. Three bucks. It, it's still three dollars a month. That's it. Is there tax in that's, that? Too, no, no. It's just just three bucks. It's probably what keeps me up at night. It's so fucking cheap. Right. I know, right? Then we're gonna come back and we're gonna find out more about the distillery side of Bismarck Brewing, which is interesting. So uh, be sure to check out everything on the social medias: uh, BismarckBrew.com, Squiggly Giglio on TikTok, Squiggly Giglio on TikTok. <laughs> that's uh, just me snoring and talking in my sleep. My he's girlfriend records it. Yeah. He's a sleep talker. I'll it's adorable. Out. Unless he's wearing headphones at night. Then he doesn't snow smoke. <laughs> snow smoke. Snow smoke. Look at Joe Dubert. I'm a and I'm a professional good talker. Let's go down the next business card. So definitely we want to thank the, also the staff that work here. And we want to thank you, our listeners, without whom this podcast couldn't happen. So and to S- you, you and your A's, don't wear a C in jail over your B's. No, that's not our saying. No, that's not our saying. Oh, that was also. I fun. love the reference. <laughs> Thank you. Our saying is, guys, may your <laughs> glasses be full and your spirits high. high. Cheers. Cheers. This has been a Predica Productions episode of Brews, Booze, and Reviews. Follow us on all social medias at Brews, Booze, and Reviews. Special thanks to our sponsors for supporting our podcast. You, too, can support our show by supporting them. We have merch for sale and additional content available on Patreon. New content coming always because it's fun to come always.